Hello and welcome to the Monday episode of It's Not You, It's Them, But It Might Be You with me, la la la, let me explain. And on today's Monday episode, I'm going to be talking about ADHD. And the reason I'm doing that is because every time I do a Q&A on my Instagram, three quarters of the questions are about my own journey with ADHD. And I am not an expert by any stretch of the imagination. Obviously, I've had some training as a social worker to work with children and young people with ADHD. I've been on ADHD parenting courses because I parent a child with ADHD. I also have ADHD, but I really can only speak from my own experiences and not with any academic or medical expertise. So there's a chance that I might get things a little bit wrong if I'm trying to explain certain things and I'm happy to be corrected by psychiatrists and actual experts. But this is not supposed to be a podcast about giving you all the medical information about ADHD. It's more just to see if my experiences with getting my diagnosis and the penny dropping about having ADHD, it's it's more to see if those experiences and listening to those might help some of you. Say ADHD, ADHD, and brand yourself with this as some sort of excuse. Or you could brand yourself as a fucking millionaire. Completely. Who gives a shit if there's, you have ADHD or not? There's chess grandmasters with ADHD. Bro. Yeah. They focus. Exactly. So you either want or you don't. Yeah. I don't buy that. Well, thank you to the Tate brothers for that wonderful insight. And I would absolutely love to be able to just randomly brand myself a millionaire. And I would love to randomly pretend that I don't have ADHD. But I do. And unfortunately, this is a narrative that's all over TikTok, Insta, YouTube, that ADHD isn't real. It's a choice that we choose to hold ourselves back by labelling ourselves with this fake disorder. But it is real. And I would really like to talk to you about my experiences and my diagnosis. Knowing that I have ADHD has made everything make sense. I discovered that I had ADHD in my late 30s. And before that, I just really thought I was an irritable, moody, chaotic, impulsive, malfunctioning, not normal person who couldn't do life in the way that everyone else does. And I am actually still all of those things, but at least I now know why. And that really helps. Social media didn't help me come to the realisation that I had ADHD. In fact, social media made me feel quite cynical about it. There was a point around a year ago when it felt like every time I logged on to Instagram, another influencer had been diagnosed with ADHD. And I found myself seeing it as a trend, a bandwagon. All the cool kids were jumping on. Every time I saw another post about how an influencer had got their diagnosis, I began to think that maybe this lack of attention is disproportionately affecting influencers because they're on their phones all day. And haven't we all just lost focus in the same way? Stolen Focus by Johan Hari confirms that we basically all have, like our phone use has fucked our minds. And they don't really have ADHD, I thought. They're just fucked up by screens. And I also thought they simply can't have what I have because their lives have been so normal. There's certain influences that I follow who are like very stable, married, and from what I have seen of their lives have just been pretty quite standard average lives from what they've shown. And I look at them and I'm like, there's no, there's no fucking way you've got to 30 having ADHD and not being a chaotic fuck up. Don't make sense to me. But anyway, I'm sure they do. 
have ADHD. I was also seeing lots of reels and TikToks about the ADHD experience. And I once saw one about how buying a smoothie maker, making smoothies every day for two weeks, and then never taking the smoothie maker out of the drawer again is a strong ADHD symptom. And I thought, but is it? Like, don't we all do that? That has literally been the story of my life with most things. Buy it, use it obsessively, and then discard it for months or years until one day when I'm having a clear out and I discover it again. And I really thought everyone was like that. Turns out they're not. Social media also made me confused about ADHD because it didn't reflect what I'd learned from being the mum of a child with ADHD. And I also didn't realise that ADHD was hereditary. So if a child has got it, it's probably come from one of their parents. And that doesn't make fucking sense to me. When I was going through all that with my son many years ago when he was first being diagnosed, why did nobody say to me, you or his dad have probably got it? Why don't you start thinking about that? It would have really changed my life if I'd have understood back then that I also have ADHD. Social media makes ADHD seem like this cute, kooky thing that just makes people really forgetful. But for me, it has been so much more than that. It really is a real disability that has affected my entire life in an extremely negative way. And it's not all about hyperactivity, bouncing off the walls. There are obviously different types of ADHD, inattentive, hyperactive or combined. I was diagnosed with combined ADHD. Um, And and so everybody is going to be different and, and, and experience their symptoms differently depending on the type of ADHD that they have. But let me talk to you a bit about mine. So in my childhood... I was very bright and I was a girl, which is how I got away with a lot. I think the real typical, stereotypical adhd is your boy in a classroom who is bouncing off the walls, who cannot concentrate on any classwork. You know, the naughty kid, the joker of the class, that is your typical adhd But I was bright, I was intelligent, and I was female. I could always focus on the things that I was into. I was a big flag geek. If you show me the flag for any country in the world, even the most obscure ones, I can tell you uh, which flag it is. And I can also tell you all the capital cities. I'm great in a pub quiz, but I always talked constantly. I was always in trouble for never shutting up. Every school report was all about how I just would not stop. And I always really struggled with authority and being told what to do. I would get this strong sense of discomfort, like a sickness almost, if someone was explaining how to do something. And it might be something that I really need to know how to do it. Like a teacher might be explaining an equation or how to use a particular app on a laptop or whatever. The the sickness that, that would fill me, a rage that would make me want to punch that person in the fucking face, like real anger. Don't fucking tell me what to do in any context, even if I actually really need to know what to do. But this feeling with authority and this hatred of authority has always been a big feature of my life. And then that manifested even worse in my teen years. So in my childhood, I was still pretty much quite a good girl, like quite a geek, really focused on the things that I was interested in, really focused on writing. I really loved writing, um, but also had these kind of personality traits, but nothing that would have been picked up in the 1980s. In my teen years, I was absolutely fucking wild and nobody paid attention. I was doing the most reckless shit. And it's interesting because that really started from about year nine when I started my period at 14. 
So it's interesting now knowing that I have PMDD because even though I had ADHD symptoms as a younger child, when I started my periods, everything went off the fucking chain. Like I was doing the most reckless stuff. I was fighting, sleeping in parks with friends, driving my mum's car to South London. I'd get up as like a 14, 15 year old in the middle of the night to steal my mum's little Peugeot, drive to Elephant and Castle McDonald's with my mates and then drive back again. I'd never fucking driven a car in my life. I was into boys, sex, gangs, crime. If somebody was doing something dangerous, I would find that exciting and I would want to be part of that. I started raving very early. I started taking drugs very early. I took my first ecstasy tablet the night before my first GCSE exam. Luckily, it was an English literature exam, so I did get quite creative in my descriptions of the autumn leaves and shit. But still, you don't want to be turning up to your first GCSE on a fucking come down from your first ecstasy tablet. Um, but nobody paid attention. No, no, nobody sort of noticed. I was just running headfirst into anything that would give me dopamine, sex, drugs, raving, gangs, crime, whatever you could throw at me that would be exciting. I would be fucking highly up for it. And then, of course, I went into adulthood and calmed down somewhat, although the raving bug has never left me. And I, of course, went into really high adrenaline work. I went into child protection, working in prisons, all that kind of stuff, because I needed to obviously be in a profession that would keep that dopamine coming for me. And I was always in trouble at work. I couldn't focus in meetings that I thought were pointless. And when I look back, I had all these reports that work had sent to me about times where I had like been disruptive in meetings. I'd been getting up, huffing and puffing, asking when it was going to end. I cannot sit in fucking meetings. I cannot do it. it I get, again, that sickness feeling that I get when somebody's trying to tell me what to do. I get it if I, I'm in a meeting that seems pointless to me. If I feel that that meeting could have been done in an email... I'm going to feel fucking ill being there. Would have really helped me to know that I had ADHD at work. It would have really helped me because then instead of my managers just being like, you're, you're insolent and subordinate, they would have understood. Actually, this is the disability. Let her go out the room for five minutes to calm down. And it's also very fucking hard being self-employed with ADHD. I don't know what the fuck is going on half the time. At least when I was employed, I had structure, I had routine that was set for me. All my wages were just getting paid uh, into my account and, and that was it. And now that I'm self-employed and everything is on me, I feel this deep sense of being completely lost 95% of the time. Uh, and also it's really difficult because one of the worst symptoms of ADHD is like executive dysfunction. Sometimes... I have to do something, whether that's work-related or even something like paying a parking ticket, and I physically cannot do it. I physically can't do it, even though I know that if I don't do it by 6pm today, I'm going to end up having to pay a fine of 140 quid or whatever. The parking ticket could be sat on my table in front of me. I could have set 20 reminders telling me to pay the parking ticket. And it's not that I haven't remembered to pay the parking ticket. It is that I cannot do it until my brain allows me to do it. And I could be sitting on my sofa and my brain is saying, you've got to do the parking ticket. And I'm getting deep anxiety about the fucking parking ticket. But I cannot explain to you the fact that I can not to do it I just can't and that is ADHD and I can't do it until I can and then when I can I can do a hundred things a hundred things that have been stressing me out and that I should have done earlier in the week 
And of course, my dating life has been massively affected by ADHD. One of my biggest problems is I want everything all at once right now. I can't wait for it. I can't, like, are you my boyfriend? I know we haven't met yet or had a date, but, I like, do you want to? Because I've already planned that out in my fucking head. Limerence, of course, is very heavily connected to ADHD, and I've done a whole Monday podcast on that, so if you don't know what limerence is, please listen to that. I think it will really help you. I also get bored of people really quickly, so as much as in the initial stages, I'm like, I want everything right now. If I've seen you today and had a good time, I want to fucking see you tomorrow and have a good time too constantly chasing fucking dopamine but then you can get bored very quickly rejection sensitivity dysphoria is obviously the horriblest part of adhd and dating people with adhd are very sensitive to rejection or perceived rejection so even a tiny change in communication you can start to create stories in your head about that meaning that that person is about to disappear um overwhelm really affects me so you could be on a way on your way to a date getting lost maybe I might get lost and then I turn up at the date and I'm like really fucking stressed and sweaty or if I can't find the skirt that I'd planned to wear for the date and I literally can't find it and I'm tearing my house up I will arrive to that date like totally fucking overwhelmed and probably not in a good place and I will probably reject that person and the other thing is the very high sex drive and I'm not sure if that is the same for everyone with ADHD but certainly all my friends with ADHD a very high sex drive is a huge part of it again chasing that dopamine and my symptoms really started raging after I came off the pill again I don't know the kind of medical technicalities behind this but I think that my uh, the pill was masking my PMDD symptoms for many years I was on the pill for on and off like 20 years and then when I came off the pill a couple of years ago I think the combination of probably being in late 30s perimenopause beginning uh, ADHD no pill PMDD that's my ADHD symptoms I think have gradually become a lot worse and, and I certainly know that that a lot of women in their late 30s are feeling the exact same way. Hi guys, it's me and I'm here to tell you about another Sony Music Entertainment podcast. Now I know you all like to have a deeper look and get under the skin of a subject, otherwise you wouldn't be listening to me deconstructing hot topics and getting into the nitty gritty with all your dating dilemmas. So I think you're going to love getting curious with the fabulous Jonathan Van Ness from Queer Eye. Every week they deep dive into conversations with a variety of experts on some really, really important and eye or ear opening topics like the history of abortion and the science of sleep. Get excited, get curious and listen to Getting Curious wherever you get your podcasts. Is ADHD real or is it just made up? So I believe that ADHD is actually just attention overload disorder. What do I mean by that? I mean that when I was a kid, I couldn't sit still. I had trouble focusing. I was always goofing around in class. I got labeled ADD many different times. This is such a commonly held attitude and it's really depressing. I recently went to the gym and I was talking to a guy there about the fact that I'd just been diagnosed with ADHD and he instantly went into a tirade about how ADHD isn't real. It's been created by pharmaceutical companies in order to medicate our kids. 
and we've been lied to all of this time and it's so shit and it it's often based on that whole thing of like I couldn't sit still I, the education system isn't built for boys and all of that is true the education system isn't built for people with ADHD but ADHD is so much more complicated than just not being able to sit still but instead of TikToks that are constantly telling me shit like if you spin on your chair you've got ADHD if you pick your face you've got ADHD all of those things Hearing them contributed to me feeling like, well, maybe I don't have ADHD because this is fucking nonsense. And then I read this book, How Not to Murder Your ADHD Kid by Sarah Templeton. And that is the book that really made the penny drop for me. And I would recommend anyone reading it, even if you don't have a kid with ADHD or even if you don't have a kid, because it is this book and the descriptors in it that really resonated with me. And they certainly describe me and my son very strongly. So Sarah Templeton talks in the book about the key ADHD features. I'm just going to run through them with you now. So addiction, sweet things. I had no idea that sweet things were an ADHD thing, a compulsion for them. Compulsive, impulsive behavior, not enough dopamine. So totally trying to become an adrenaline junkie. ADHD people always think they're right, that we always know best, have a problem with authority, best in a crisis. We don't think of consequences. We can be clumsy, compassionate. We can interrupt all the time. We can get fixated on things, people, food, songs. We have a heightened sense of justice, hyper-focus, but very, very difficult to focus on something that we're not interested in. There is a whole big list. And I realise that if you've got ADHD, you're probably going to be really bored of me actually sitting here listing off things. So I really would urge you to go and read that book. <clears throat> but I'm just going to tell you about a few of the things that I have in later life realised are a result of ADHD. But in my previous life, before being diagnosed, I really just thought I was just an awful person. So theatre has been such a big one for me. My whole life, I have hated going to the cinema and theatre, particularly the theatre, because cinema, you can kind of walk in and out more easily, where theatre, you've got to be a bit respectful. We are the best in a crisis. So when we're flooded with adrenaline, we can focus and react more quickly than normal. But we can also fall apart over like... So, so for example, I could be in a situation where someone is coming at me with a machete in the street and I will be the coolest, calmest person who knows exactly how to deal with that. But if I have an issue on my computer and I can't work out how to open my emails, I will be a mess. I will be on the fucking floor, hyperventilating, like hysterical... It's, it's I, I don't know. But this is why we're best in a crisis, why you get a lot of ADHD people in jobs like police, paramedics, social workers. Also, because we are adrenaline junkies and chasing that kind of job. ADHD people are known for being very compassionate. We have more compassion than most. So many of us do work in helping uh, sectors. We've also got a really, really strong heightened sense of justice, a strong sense of what is right and fair. People with ADHD hate discrimination and cannot keep quiet. So please do read Sarah Templeton, How to Not Murder Your ADHD Kid. She goes much more deeply into a lot of those things, but have a read of it. She's brilliant. She's amazing. And the book is fantastic. So I haven't actually done that much to help myself. And that's probably ADHD related. I got my diagnosis privately. I did go via the NHS initially, but the waiting list was massive and I felt like I needed the answers a little bit more quickly. Although I have since learned that if you go to your GP and you ask for the right to choose pathway, then you can potentially get the diagnosis more quickly, but there's still a long waiting list. 
I went private, even though officially I couldn't really afford to, but I decided that I would pay that much. It was 790. I'd probably pay that much for a holiday. So I'm not getting a holiday this year, but actually getting the diagnosis has been like a massive relief and break for my mind. So I'm justifying it that way. If you do go privately, then you don't just have to pay for the cost of the diagnosis. You also have to have enough money for the follow-up. If you want to go on medication, you have to pay for follow-up consultations, um, prescription medication. I, I can't afford to do that. So I haven't gone down that route at the moment. But it has given me an answer and it has helped me to be more clear about what it is that I need to do and how to help myself. Lion's Mane is helping. I'm actually using these vitamins at the moment called Outsmart. I'll post them on my Instagram. They seem to be helping. They're like a blend of Lion's Mane and caffeine and things. They're helping me during the day. Asking for help also really helps, which is why the diagnosis helps. I've tried apps and things that are supposed to help, but I don't stick to anything. Um, so actually what has really helped me is just knowing that I have ADHD and actually being able to be really honest with people and say, I, I, I sent out an email the other day, this deposit scheme for my old flat, uh, there's all this complicated shit that I have to do. And for the first time I wrote back to them and I said, I have ADHD and I'm finding this really difficult and I, I need some help. I need somebody to explain to me how to do this. And sometimes you feel stupid because I'm a bright woman. I've written a fucking book. Why should I need help filling out a really basic form? But I do because my ADHD is not allowing me to do this. So actually being able to explain that to people and ask for that help has been really significant for me, especially at work. So I have also applied for assistance. Uh, you, There is a government grant that you can apply for so you can get some help with ADHD, but I've heard nothing back. And I can't find the form or trace when I applied because obviously fucking ADHD. But if you feel like you've got ADHD, but you feel like a fraud because everyone you know is now saying they've got ADHD, then just remember that like attracts like. If you're hanging around with a load of people who probably have ADHD then that probably means that you have been attracted to the same risk-taking adrenaline junkies like you. Your friendships will have been influenced by ADHD. And if you relate to me, you've probably got, well, you've definitely got something wrong with you, but you've probably got ADHD. And obviously I'm not a psychiatrist, so do not diagnose yourself. But when you know, you know. So just go and get the damn diagnosis instead of a holiday. If you're thinking, oh, I can't afford a private diagnosis, but I can afford to spend a grand on going to Marbella next week, fucking cancel the holiday, get the diagnosis and save up for your, for your holiday next year. Because knowing is really powerful. And I know that the whole, my disability is my superpower thing is very patronising and largely untrue because my disability literally fucks up my entire life and has done forever. But we really are remarkable people. There is something so special and wild and fun and brilliant about people with ADHD. You're my gang, my beautiful, messy, fucked up gang. And I love ya. You know what I've just realised is that people with ADHD probably haven't even made it to the end of that fucking episode, if you're like me. But anyway... I hope you enjoyed it and I'm going to be back on Wednesday with more Agony Aunt stuff and on Friday I will be back making my Instagram come alive in audio form with dating dilemmas, is it a red flag, fuckboy replies, whatever it is we're going to do, we'll surprise you this Friday. La la la, let me explain. This has been a Sony Music Entertainment production and I hope you've enjoyed it.
We are actuaries. In a world filled with unpredictability, we use our math skills to navigate uncertainty. Actuaries make a difference in people's lives across industries and the world. Actuaries have the freedom to work anywhere. And according to US News & World Report, we're the 25th top paying career. Make an impact as a fact seeker and a truth teller. Use your math skills for good as an actuary. The world needs you.